Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I didn't hear them. I didn't have my headphones on. I was talking poker with Rocky. Hey, Rocky, while you're in here, when Jackson's out, uh, another Jackson vacation. Getting sick of this. Uh, Vacationing in a couple weeks for three days in Las Vegas. Are you doing the show with me? I actually talked to Mike Ryder. I go, I go. I don't know if you're trying to get somebody else hours, but if you if you want to, I'm like, I'm completely okay with working with Tim for those days. Now hold on a second. Did you notice that, Jackson? Well, I didn't want to be too much. Up. I really want to work with those days. I'll be honest. That's <laughs> what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear. Same games. That's right. Two on one hour. That's what I, I think. I think it's good. I know the Italian and the Irish haven't gotten along, and I think it's good. You know, uh, private school, public school. To, to have us work together. You know how you stop the Hatfields and McCoys? That's just two people make a two people make a change. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna make a change. Uh Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson, 1988. <laughs> Think about that, Jackson. Rock's a better laugh track than I am, I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming your way what in two weeks? Two weeks you're in Las Vegas. Yeah, two weeks from today. Circa, baby. Fired up, yeah. It's gonna be really, really and You've fun. never been. I've never been to Las Vegas, Nevada. I think you're gonna thoroughly enjoy it. I would love to be there to show you my wants. Shepherd me around. Kabuto, the sushi restaurant, for those of you listening, uh, sushi aficionados, K-A-B-U-T-O. It's, I don't even know how to describe it outside of it is by far the finest dining experience in Las Vegas with regards to sushi that I could, and that's what I would like to, that's what I would like to take you. Hmm. See, here's my thing on sushi. Uh oh. Is because I'm not a fish guy. I gotta be honest with the listeners. What's your deal? The smell of it really, it not only like is unappetizing, it's nauseating to me. Oh wow. Yeah, I really, really dislike the smell of fish. Oh, then I'm glad that I'm not going because I would have done this as like a little surprise for the boys. Yeah. And uh, and then I would have been taking you to something that you you wouldn't have wanted. Yeah, I wish I wish I did like fish because it really went like when you're on like a trip to near water. Usually, fish restaurants are very popular, and I want to like it. There's a lot of health benefits to like eating tuna and salmon and stuff like that. I just it's just not for me. I really don't I really don't find it appetizing, and so I like. With sushi, like the rolls that are covered in rice and usually have like some sort of spicy mayo on there, like that kind of covers up the fish taste. But well, like, if you don't like it. Just why even why would force it? You're well, that's a prince. The thing is, You're a prince. I only would eat it if I'm not paying for it. So, like, when well, we were, I was going to pay for it. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that. Well, when we were in Jamaica uh, mm-hmm. in January, they and had you roomed with Lisa Ann. I did indeed. Uh, it was all inclusive place, so like they just had sushi sitting out, and that was like a perfect time for me to try it because it's fresh right by the ocean, and I'm not paying for it. 
So I felt like that was the best time to try it. And I did enjoy it. But like straight sashimi where it's just raw fish and that's it, I don't know if that's going to be for me. Okay. All right. But I'm willing to try anything. I'm an adventurous guy. You're going to be out at that Circa. Yeah, Circa. It's, that's downtown Vegas. That's right. Yeah, but still going to travel. Caputo's off the Strip, about a mile or two west of the Strip. Right. Bees knees. Uh, you can get in the YouTube chat. I am wearing all black today. Um, I think I look naughty. I don't know. That hat is so great. You like this hat? Yeah, I love not only the hat, but the mesh back. I feel like the mesh back isn't used often enough. It's a cardinal cap from the 2021 one or two All-Star game. I think one. Maybe two. I get asked about this hat a lot, actually. Like, where is this thing from? It's all black. That one, all the, black blue, everything. the blue cardinal hat you have, I'm a really big fan of. Uh, and they're arguing already in the YouTube chat. Ooh. They're arguing them? already in the YouTube chat. I hate to hear it. It's not about <laughs> Kansas State today. Uh, let's see. Tiny PP's in there. I just checked out that Circa Hotel in Vegas. It looks freaking fire. And then Patrick Patrick's in there. Do you know Patrick Patrick? Patrick Patrick. Correct. I, I don't. Um, i trying to think of like my favorite Patrick off the top of my head. Uh, Patrick Warburton. He played uh, uh, Putty in Seinfeld oh, wow. and sure. also as Joe in Family Guy. Hmm. So I like Patrick Warburton. All right. Now there it is, Jackson's favorite Patrick. And he says, I'm just excited to see an hour-long sports radio show that doesn't talk sports for most of the show, obviously doesn't prepare, and complains about having to talk sports this time of year. I don't recall complaining about having to talk sports. No. I just kind of do a show. And, uh, you know, what I always say is this, Jackson. Watch this. Write it down if you have the time. Yeah, I see you're grabbing the predictionary pen. Some people like some things. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people like other things. That's right. And as Gabe DeArmond put it, some people don't like anything at all. Colonel has has uh, added to the phrase. Yeah. That's correct. Um, you know, my style, if it's not for you, you know what I say? That's fine. You know what this <laughs> is? This is America. Yeah. And I am pro-liberty. I'm also anti-kink shaming. Yes. I could break down the Cardinals game last night. But to be transparent with our audience on YouTube, I would rather one by one pluck my pubic hairs mm-hmm. right there. Here, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. You see it? Yeah. Then talk about a game played between the Cardinals in last place and the Rays. I can get you ready for blues camp, and then I would go over and I would let you handle your pubic hairs. I don't want to touch yours. Not interested. Mm-hmm. It's not what I do. Right. I haven't my, done it for 25 years. You're not interested in touching my pubic hairs or in the blues? I don't know about that. At the no, I'm interested I, in the blues. At, at the I'm moment, interested in the Cardinals, say. but if there isn't something to talk about, what I don't do is I f- don't force it. Right. Now, some people would say, well, that's what you're supposed to do. And I would say my obligation is to drive return on investment for the audience and the advertisers. That's my job. But maybe I'm wrong. I've only been doing it for 25 years. Maybe I'm off the mark on the whole thing. Patrick Patrick thinks I am. I'm a Patrick Patrick guy. And you know why? Because I'm pro-liberty. Yes. Anti-kink shaming. Mm-hmm. Pro-liberty. I'm really pro the following. The Angry Beaver, Little Piddles, half and half. And that's what we have today. And wow, wow, wow. I got a little taste. I got a little taste. I got a little taste of what you have in store for us today. And it's a delight. But before you start going, because I see you're ready to go. I see you're chomping Well, I just always like to have, I just like to be ready. We're giving away tickets today. We are, Tim. 
101 ESPN is your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to the next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals versus the A's. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Gary Gaetti bobblehead. Text in now at 314-399-9646 to win Budweiser Bash tickets for the Cardinals versus the A's. Get all the details on this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. And I also want to tell a little anecdote. Ooh, I like an anecdote. Well, you were there. Oh, okay. It was yesterday. Do you know where I'm going with this anecdote? I can't imagine it's going to be. You think I'm going to talk about how far you hit a golf ball with a seven iron, and I'm not going to do that. Okay. Because I would ask you what club you're hitting, and then you would say, I don't want to say. Yeah. I wouldn't put it. I'm not so gruff. But we uh, played in the Ascension Charity Pro-Am Classic yesterday. Yep. Uh, Randy Carricker. Absolutely. Doug Vaughn yeah. and Jackson and me. So you had uh, one person from HD1 mm-hmm. and three people from HD2. And when you when you put a foursome together, it's always like nice to balance the HD2 and the HD1. Right. You don't want too much star power. Right. So I, I don't think I'd ever played golf with Randy Carricker. I know I haven't. And uh, so that was great to spend an afternoon with Randy, and it was a hell of an event. Uh, the Wizard was there. Watch this. On a home run by the Wizard. Um very dangerous five is what my sources are telling me. I can imagine. Dangerous five. Uh, Isaac Bruce was there. Tori Holt was there. Uh, we played with a uh, an aspiring uh, tour player by the name of uh, Randy, when I saw Randy coming in, by the name of Aaron Grimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know there were people out there who were smaller than me <laughs> if they uh, didn't at least appear in the Lollipop Guild. But there are, and Aaron's one of them, and he hits the ball about 305 yards. That was the math. He was unbelievable. And he's playing from about 20 yards back of us on uh, par five. I thought I connected pretty well. Aaron was complaining that he didn't really hit his well. We were even. And he was complaining about not catching it. And he was teeing off from 30 yards behind us. And I'm going, oh, boy. Yeah, it's a different game. Yeah, it's a little different situation. But either way, here's the anecdote. Here's the anecdote. And it has nothing to do with Jackson hitting a 145-yard 7-iron at the age of 25. It's Thank this. You. Thank you for being generous. On the 12th tee box following the long par 3 at Glen Echo, which was playing like 220, 230 yesterday, um, Randy Carricker gets on the phone. And, he, and he's clearly super enthused. Mm-hmm. You recall what I'm talking about? Oh, now? yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what in the, I mean, this, this isn't like a normal phone call. I mean, he's really, really happy. And he continues to compliment the person and talk about how happy he is and how proud he is and so on and so forth. And uh, he comes back over and he goes, that was Michelle Smallman. And she just got the ESPN radio job uh, for mornings on ESPN radio. And she just called them. Former partners, of course, on Morning Drive here on 101 ESPN. And Randy's happiness for Michelle was it was away from cameras or studios. It wasn't some BS look at me tweet. It was it was, you know, it authentic. was it was hundred percent authentic. I didn't, I didn't know who he was talking to. Yeah. I'm dialed in. Oh, yeah. If anything, I'm like, put the phone down. This is a <laughs> pro am. This is a shamble, character. <laughs> But it was so it was so great to hear, and then I'm so happy for Michelle. Absolutely. You know, I didn't really know it's somebody who's kind of a gypsy in AM radio, <laughs> and Michelle working legitimate outlets such as this one. I didn't really know her, um, and uh, I mean we know each other relatively speaking. But I got to know her when we came over here in uh, at the start of 2022, and just 
I'm good people. That's the best way I can say it. Good people. And I respect anybody who's willing to take a shot. Because not all the shots are going to score, but I respect when somebody takes a shot. And she took a shot moving to New York and doing the whole thing. She was doing overnights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like she moved to New York and knew she was going to be doing mornings. Right, right. So she was taking a shot. But she's like, if I'm going to ever get to where I think I can go, I know I've got to take this shot. And she took the shot and it paid off. So I'm super happy for her. And I was texting with her after Brandy. Um, after Randy was on the phone with her, but I was just, I was so, I thought it was such a genuine, organic, it just kind of shows the guy Randy is and the rapport they have and that Michelle reached out to him right when it, it, it got public yeah. to let him know because I'm sure Michelle views Randy as somebody who played a role in her getting to what she now has. And I just thought that that was a nice uh little behind the scenes as to two people who I think very highly of. One who's been doing it in St. Louis, in Randy, since the 1980s. Years. And uh, Michelle, who's super talented and now has this national opportunity on ESPN. Two people, if you're a longtime 101 ESPN listener, you've heard for a number of years. And how that played out and how Randy was just so proud and happy for it and how genuine it was. So... There's my anecdote. Now I'll go back to making fun of how far you hit the ball. But it's fixable in the simulator at a half hour. You'll be compressing the ball and everything's going to be fine. You know what you are? You're a prince of a boy. Thank you. I am a little prince of a boy. And yeah, it's so cool for Michelle. Like, she's incredible. She's unbelievably talented and, like, also such a pleasant person and a great person to work with. Like, every time I would see her in the hallways, just couldn't be nicer. Super awesome. So for someone like that who works their ass off and... uh, She took the shot. Who took the shot to get the payoff like that is incredible. Yeah, even if it didn't get the path, I was like, I'm going to respect the fact that you took the shot. So she's, she comes back here, and I'll see oh, her, yeah. and we'll BS about it and talk about New York and where she's living in the city. And, um, you know, she'll go back and forth on, you know, she did, it's like she knew that this was going to work out. But even if it didn't work out, I'd be like, no matter what, right. I have respect for taking the shot. Yeah. It's a St. Louis comfortable situation, you know, for people from St. Louis. Most of the people who live here lived in St. Louis. Go to New York, you already got a good situation and you take the shot. I respect taking a shot, but then it pays off and now she gets this job and then to see Randy's happiness for it, I was just I was it was a great thing to see. So tip of the cap to Michelle and for Randy just being a uh, first class guy. All right, we'll have the little piddles half and half presented by Angry Beaver coming up. Next, you are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, yes. Well, here it is. I mean, you wanted it, you got it. It is the Little Piddles Angry Beaver half and half. And uh, I got a little peek at it uh, about uh, 40 minutes ago, Jackson. So I uh, I like I like where this half and half is today. Sweet. Yeah, I, uh, I'm confident. Let's kick it off. Let's kick it off strong. Well, if you're not fired up over hearing that. You want me to talk with like more conviction? Yes. And in van. Two. One. Let's kick it off and let's kick it off strong. I'm going to call a timeout because I understand Stephen Wilde would love to mic drop. Ah, son of a gun. I Have you listened listen to it yet? No, I haven't. Well, then maybe it would be better to take a listen right before you update us on the latest with the Las Vegas Aces and maybe have it at around 10.35. That's cool with me. All right, sounds good. Back to the Angry Beaver, Lil Piddles, half and half. Yeah, let's kick it off and let's kick it off strong, Tim. Big picture question with societal implications. See, that's what I like. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Miles Michael has had a rough night at the end of the game and the Cardinals blew the game. Like, eh, Should I start talking like John Waters? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah. See if BK and Ferrari want to start at 10.15 today. Yeah. I'm going to go work on my wedges in the simulator. <laughs> Do you think seasons like these meaning 2022-2023, for the Blues and Cardinals, are more detrimental to their money and fan engagement than ever before as people, especially younger people, have shorter attention spans and the pool of things to watch and engage in grows bigger and bigger. Are the issues around regional sports networks proof in the pudding that outside of sustained success, the market is not there for non-competitive wow, sports teams? there's so much meat on the bone! You know what I said now? I was about to leave and let them do the show for another 45 extra minutes, (laughs) which they probably would like to do, actually. But now now I might have to contact them and say, I would like one of your hours today because you just gave me such a wonderful... So I'm going to take the second question first. I don't think what's going on with the regional sports networks is reflective of too much content, so to speak. I think it it would be like going, you know, does AT&T have a bad business model because people aren't on landlines anymore? It's simply evolution of technology mm-hmm. and younger people with buying power adapting while older people either don't adapt or just the circle of life, Lion King, people pass on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that said, I don't think that that's a reflection. It's just cord cutting and the model for these regional sports networks was based on something that really wasn't outdated just a few years ago, but quickly became outdated. Uh, I suppose my summary on that would be technology and what are called advancements. Sometimes I would say they're not. Social media would be an example of things that I think is more of a negative than a positive, but it certainly has some positives. Things are moving way quicker when it comes to technology. I don't feel like most people in the country, if you would have said AI would have known what you were talking about two years ago. I feel like the AI element of mainstream lexicon has really been over the last year and perhaps less than a year, about 10 months. Point being, it's all happening and it's happening very quickly. So I don't fault the Cardinals. I don't fault I don't even fault Sinclair, which I don't think is a great company uh, at all. And that dates back to my television experiences and how we are all warned coming out of journalism school to not work for Sinclair companies. And here they are 25 years later, you know, still it's just it's the business model that's changed. So tying it into your question regarding the potential damage to the Cardinals and the Blues in this season. I actually would say from what you're asking, which is a big picture thing, I think the pandemic was something that was eye-opening for people taking the the pandemic element out of it, but to sports and specifically the Cardinals. And I don't know why I, I don't feel like it was as impactful for the NHL, mm. but I perhaps because baseball's a night-by-night-by-night night night thing and you just kind of inherit it, especially if you live in St. Louis and grew up here from your parents and your grandparents, that that's what you do. On summer nights, you just turn on the Cardinal game. And then people, I think not everybody, but a large number of people found, oh, I don't really miss it. And it's kind of nice to not be sitting inside just watching baseball every night. I don't miss it as much as I thought. So I don't think that the Cardinals having this kind of season is detrimental to the long-term trajectory of this organization. I think a repeat of something similar would be 
And from my standpoint, and this is something I touched on a little bit on TMA, but we had a big uh, St. Charles Bowling Hall of Fame announcement that took up about 40% of the show, so we didn't get to, to, to this as much. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the opportunity here. I believe that if we were in any other market in the United States of America who has a Major League Baseball team, someone would have lost their job by now. Mm. And the fact that maybe there will be like a bench coach or some kind of coach who, you know, is offered up to the gods at the end of the regular season. We're not even talking about it as a possibility, which takes me back to around this time last year when Juan Soto was out there. And it's like, wow, the Cardinals can't do that. I'm going, the Cardinals have this wonderful setup, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blaming anyone in particular, so I guess this is like bait, that somehow an organization with the kind of support this one has is held to an incredibly low standard of expectation. Well, the Cardinals can't get Juan Soto. Why? Well, the Blues can get Matthew Kachuk. Why? Salary cap and Tom Stillman isn't as flush as Bill DeWitt. I don't understand it. And then you have a year like this. No team in baseball was as, has, as the delta that the Cardinals have. Because you go, well, what about the Padres and the Mets? But the Padres and the Mets had to deal with the Dodgers and also the Braves yep. and the Phillies when you yep. want to talk about NLEs. Had this butt-ass division that is still a butt-ass division. We're expected to win it and be fumble-effing around in the cellar like, well, maybe we can get to the Pirates. And then it's just like, well, Ali Marmol will be back, John Mazzalek will be back, Mike Gersh will be back, and we'll just these guys who got him here are going to be the guys who are going to fix it. And it's just kind of accepted. That, to me, is a much bigger conversation than regional sports networks and wanting to watch Netflix. You know, I it confuses the hell out of me, but and I'm not saying, you know, the media in this town soft and everybody. I, I don't know what people say because I don't really pay attention, honestly, what other people say. Maybe, but it, I don't I don't feel like there is an expectation around St. Louis in general for the Cardinals to live up to what the Cardinals could and should be. And the Cardinals have realistically been minus 2019 and 2022 since 2015, an average franchise. You got this manual stimulation session talking about 2020, which I felt like was the NHL playoffs where everybody was going to the playoffs and I don't even know they played the Padres, whatever the hell happened there. Fine. Then you got a one game playoff in 2021, but 2016, 17 and 18 were bad. There wasn't much movement aggression wise. That's what frustrates me. It's like, it's just fine. And maybe we'll get in. Well, see, we went to the playoffs in 19, 20, 21, and 22. Yeah, but that's like Missouri saying we go to bowls. It's just a different standard than when you won the NL East in 82, 85, and 87. But we're still using that standard to talk about success. And the two are not apples to apples anymore. So that, to me, is the part that I look at and concerns me. So I say, okay, you want to leave everybody in place because of the equity they have from the past number of years. I understand it. But there better be some material changes this offseason. I do not want to hear about dry powder for the trade deadline in July of 2024. It is now or never. You didn't part ways with Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt. Maybe you didn't have a choice. Maybe they wouldn't let you. Fine. Fine. Your last year with Paul Goldschmidt. And even if Paul Goldschmidt signs an extension, Paul Goldschmidt's 36 years old. We just have to look at things realistically. Nolan Arnato isn't in his 20s. We have to look at things realistically. In other words, 
there has to be some urgency. There has to be some aggression. And that is what separates the Blues and the Cardinals, is that there is an expectation that the Blues will be active and the Cardinals will be passive. And fans respect active, even if it doesn't work out. They have no love for an organization they see as being a blue chip stock, taking their money and not doing much with it. And by that, I mean, I want to make this clear, because they spend money, they just spend it poorly. And when fans don't see accountability, it pisses them off. Jackson, you got me started again. That's why I could do four hours today. Listen, I just put the ball on the tee. You drive at 300. Yeah, I just, I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand it. I mean, what mar, what other market? I mean, even Miami, where nobody gives a damn. Right. I would think even Pittsburgh, even though I'm sure they're talking about the Steelers. You know, I just, it's just like, yeah, they'll all be back. They're expected to win the division, and they're in the bottom of it. And it's not like it's been this disaster with injuries, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. Players have missed time, but it's not like it was Arnauto and Goldschmidt missing time. Yeah. I mean, you you signed a catcher who nobody else was willing to even come close to paying for and giving him that term of deal, and then you yanked him from the position. Somebody effed up. I'm really back. I mean, what a great deal. Listen, I'm I'm jealous. Maybe that's my that's why I'm fired up. I'd like to have that kind of deal. Don't presume, produce results. Just right. get to hang around. It's a nice little deal. It's like a club. All right, we got a break. Uh, we'll have Stephen Wildwood's mic. I basically just did a mic drop. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Wildwood's mic drop is uh, coming up. And uh, five more questions from the Angry Beaver, Lil Piddles, half and half here on Balloon Party, driven by Mugginat, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. This is uh, presented by, I was going to say presentation, and it didn't work, and then I already, it didn't work. It didn't work. Who am I? Why am I here? Admiral Stockdale, 1992 vice presidential debate. Am I right about that? So many words were just said, and I followed about half. Admiral Stockdale. It sounds like a TV character or like a character in Clue. Colonel Clink. He was Ross Perot's running mate in 1992. And he opened up the debate by saying, who am I? Why am I here? That's a nice existential question. I don't know if I would start it. It didn't necessarily establish credibility. But nonetheless, that is what I was referencing. And I'm sure everyone caught the reference. You can text in. You're going to win tickets. Uh, Bud uh, Bash next Tuesday. Cardinals and A's. Uh, That is how you can uh, win. And uh, Stephen Wildwood left a mic drop. And we have the Lil Piddles, uh, Angry Beaver, half and half. So many things are going on. And we only have how many more minutes? 24 minutes? My goodness. What do we have? What are you going to do, Jackson? You're, You're El Capitan, eh? Let's play Stephen Wilde's mic drop. I mean, that was a tough one to take. Bullpen couldn't get it done. Stop it! If sucks were people, the bullpen would be China! Hey, Wainwright, why don't you do something and next time Marmol tried to take a starting pitcher out after 80 great pitches, you tackle his ass between the dugout and the first base line! And what's the media in this town doing? 
playing free golf at country clubs, which I can get on the course at Glen Echo with a pro character and McKernan and Piddles. Get your ass out of the stadium and hold these losers accountable. It's all triple sticks. We want some players and we want a World Series. Tired of it. By the way, can't wait to hear you on uh, Thursday and prior. Caller Dan, miss you. Bye. There it is. Boy, so many different. If that was a graph and I, and I see 142 friends of the feather gathered and talking it over and debating whether or not they'd like to make out with me in the YouTube chat. If that so I follow my hand. I know I have a tiny little hand, a little pincer, little mm-hmm. pincer boy. No, I can see it, little pincer boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Stephen Wilde would call. And then it... Yeah, yeah. And he starts talking about the Glen Echo round with right. me and you and Randy Carricker and Doug Vaughn. And then caller Dan coming in tomorrow, aka Dan McLaughlin. And and then he and he says bye. And then he levels off. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know what I call that, Tim. What's I, call, that? I call it range. Yeah, that is range. That's a nice nice wide delta. Yeah, uh, I am off uh, tomorrow and Friday. Uh and Dan McLaughlin will be in and uh then jackson we will return you're not in though you're not in you're off also monday i'll be you'll be in on monday but then you're in las vegas wednesday thursday friday the following week yes sir and And you'll not be eating sushi no no but you'll have matt rocchio i know rocchio just uh made it clear he's gonna be in he accepted the position he did accept the position it's big shoes to fill your shoes Mm -hmm. big shoes i agree i'm a piddles guy thank you yeah i'm camp piddles aren't we all Amen. Piddles Patrol. All right, what do we have on this angry beaver? Half and half. I loved question one. It got me going. I didn't expect to get going today. Yeah. Uh, well, let's k- keep going into sports business world. Oh, boy, you're just, you're just, this is all, it's bailiwick day at the ballpark. Here. It is. Yeah. My things. That was kind of like what I was, I put that on my mirror this morning. Bailiwick, bailiwick day. day at the ballpark. Yep. Barstool is back in the hands of Dave Portnoy with a crazy deal with uh, Penn Gaming in which he sold his company to the betting giant for $500 million and they gave it back for essentially nothing. Uh, what did you make of this transaction? How do you feel about Dave buying back his product and having full creative control? Do you think non-legacy sports media companies are destined to avoid corporate partnership in order to keep the magic? Uh, let me take the second one first. Uh, this was all about the gambling license and the scrutiny Barstool's content was getting because of the fact that they were in business with Penn Gaming, which is now in business with ESPN. And I would uh, have to tell you all due respect because, listen, your business sophistication just by being born in Ladue is so much greater than what I can possibly understand as a as a busboy at Pietro's, uh, who also washed dishes at Pietro's, and then grew up, thumb. <laughs> and then grew up working in bag rooms uh, at golf courses, just dreaming of a day right. when I could get out there with Randy Carricker and Doug Vaughn, who I would listen to and and watch respectively. So I recognize I'm just a a proletariat yeah. sitting with a guy who's on what twelve boards right now. At the age 25. Well, that's a slow month, yeah. And went to Horton Watkins. But I feel like an important detail that was left out. And again, busboy, Pietro's. Can't forget. It. Thousand points of light. Is that Penn Gaming gets 50% of the sale should Barstool sell to any other entity going forward. So they didn't necessarily just give it up. Right. That's a material part of the deal that 
counts. Sure. Now, Dave Portnoy said yesterday he is never selling again and he will hold on to the company until he dies. Right. Um, so, therefore, that 50%, that's probably the reason why. So, I think they made a concerted effort to issue polite statements like, hey, we're going to do this. We know what you do. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have the thing go on where you crap on us and you do the whole thing. So, we're going to issue night statements. That I would wager heavily that that was in the, oh, I don't know, hundreds of pages of documents for the papers that everybody signed yesterday. And uh, and Portnoy uh, now has what one hundred percent of of Barstool. Yes. So what I think Barstool fans have been saying as of late is I'm I I I don't I'm I'm aware of some of the shows. Some of the shows entertain the hell out of me. As a matter of fact, um, but it's not like I'm a stoolie as as the right. hardcore fans are called. The complaints were that it has become too corporate. Not because they're trying to appeal to the olds, um, but because they had to watch what they were saying because of complaints that would go to gaming commissions because of the pen gaming license. And so they had to pull it back. So theoretically, everybody wins. Uh, now, ESPN getting into the gambling business is the thing that I think is the biggest story. Yes, I realize for I like our TMA audience, they're probably more interested in the barstool element. Um, but with regards to the ESPN gambling, I mean, here's Bob Iger, famously with all these layoffs last month. Uh, they are doing whatever they can to try to, I don't want to say maintain relevance, because I feel like ESPN is relative to what it was five years ago. I feel like it's doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's certainly 10 years and 20 years and 30 years. It, it, it is the, the trajectory has has been that. I mean, I, I you know get up at four thirty or five every day, as do you, to do TMA, and uh, and I'll turn on Sports Center, and I have no idea who these people are who are anchoring. Right. I know they're not making a lot of money. I'm, I'm sure the public thinks they are, but there's not a way, especially when you're living in wherever they have to live. I mean, they're Connecticut. They might be commuting in from a different state. Either way, cost of living in New York. So you basically chop that up by half uh, to, to have that adjustment and and it's just such a brutal product it's painful and I wonder you know certainly I have an interest in gambling part of my interest in gambling though is not necessarily oh I gotta go place a bet I like to see where markets are and how the numbers indicate something's gonna play out so for example what I had talked about up until a couple weeks ago the Cardinals being plus 800 to win the central. That was not necessarily about, oh, I got to go throw money on it so much as, man, the Cardinals, for as bad as we feel about them, they still have a one and a shot, according to the markets, right. of winning the National League Central. Um, how weather impact, the, the, there's math that's involved in this, not just going, oh, God, let me tap a vein and fire <laughs> an over on a Maction game, you know? Right. But what my observation is when it comes to the sports gambling thing, is at some point there's going to be a saturation. I think Bally's got into the game with these RSNs, which has obviously turned into a well-known dumpster fire. Right. Because if you recall, and I don't know, maybe you didn't, I don't think you were on the show at the time, but the whole talking point about Bally's integrating with Cardinal Broadcast, the Cardinal Broadcasts were going to have all these graphics with opportunities for people to bet. That never came to fruition. No. 
Um, I think that is probably one of the things that when Bally's built out a prospectus for why they should make this acquisition of all these RSNs, that they had a large line item for gambling revenue. And that wound up being a zero. Hence the situation that they are in right now. That is a theory. I don't know that. So with that said, ESPN is, I think, grasping. And so I understand it because when you are struggling, you got to try to figure out a way. I just don't know if it's going to work. I mean, how many, I don't know if you, like you're, you're not a YouTube TV guy, right? No. Nope. So I'm a YouTube TV subscriber along with Spectrum because I manage my money poorly and have these two things. But I'd get Spectrum so I can watch the Cardinals and the Blues. And I don't know how many damn shows are on now where you scroll through and it's somebody talking about gambling who, and I, I'm not saying this to mock them, but the guys who really know aren't doing shows. Right. I have a friend, not, I almost uh, use the S word, BSing you, because uh, I know you know who he is. I do. And he's become a millionaire from Daily Fantasy. And he said, you know, I watch, he goes, I never listen to those podcasts because guys don't know what they're doing and they all just kind of think the same way. He goes, but I'll, you know, on, on the golf telecast, they'll talk about the math. And he goes, they, they're off. They don't know what they're talking about. And he goes, but at the same time, those of us who know what's going on, we don't want to correct them because right. it's beneficial to us for the majority of the money to be dumb money. Right. And so these shows are not done by the educated people. In other words, like if you're watching CNBC, for example, for market advice, and some people are just stimulated by playing the market. I'm talking about the stock market. Um, you know, is, is the wizard who actually, quote unquote, knows the game and is long term going to be super profitable going to go, oh, yeah, I'll go take, you know, whatever, a million a year to scream at the TV camera like Jim Cramer, you right. know, and, and do mad money. No, he's going to make a hell of a lot more than a million a year and keep his information internal. He's going to Gordon Gecko Bud Fox this MFR, and that's the deal. So it's like we're going to do gambling shows. Okay, well, there, there's more to it than than just like giving out spreads and going, yeah, I think Colin Morikawa is going to be hungry this week because he makes the Ryder Cup. That's not the way the world works. Uh, it's a cute narrative, but it's a bunch of BS. So my point being on this observation is I understand the gambling thing. I just think that at some point there's a saturation of the content, especially if it's not necessarily providing winners and it's a bunch of touts. Right. And that's what I think it's become. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, final segment of Balloon Party coming your way. Plus, we're giving away the Cardinal Bud Bash tickets. That's next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Bloom Party here on 101 ESPN. Uh, St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota. I'm going to ask the sponsor of the program, and also you have Angry Beaver, sponsor of the uh, Little Piddles half and half. Before we get going, because I mean, it's half and half today. You know what I say? Gold star for Jackson. Yes. Gold star for Jackson. What a half and half. But we have Bud Bash tickets to the Cardinals and the A's. Next Tuesday, we're giving away this is Jackson's show. So Jackson gets to decide who wins the best text and the Bud Bash tickets. Let's go. All right. So here's our winner. I don't want tickets. This is a prime example why I hate, and I never use the phrase hate Mm. either, this show. I don't need to know that you think you look naughty (laughs) or your self-centered yes, yeses. You are simply ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, that's outstanding. Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. I tip about my right cap. 
Um, Listen, here's the way that the the thing with the, I don't, I don't go into the show with any plan. I don't know if that's obvious or not. (laughs) I don't think it is. You know, I apologize that I'm so good Mm -hmm. that I could walk in and do four hours and make all y'all listen. I apologize that I have that ability. My apology, however, is not heartfelt in mm-hmm. case it came off as heartfelt. Right. What happens is I catch my baby blues out of the corner of my eye and I think to myself, I'd like that guy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if my wife would mind if I got a hall pass to hook up with that guy. And then I realize that guy is me and I've hooked up with him many a time. Yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens. As far as the yes, yes goes, I don't really have an answer to that one. Is it self-centered? Everything I do is self-centered. <laughs> right, right. If you're always self-centered. But the yes, yes by proxy has to be self-centered. Yes, and technically then nothing could be self-centered if you're constantly self-centered. The center moves. Whoa. Oh, now I feel like I just ate mushroom. I now know. I'm with Tony Soprano at the Grand Canyon and eating peyote. Half and half. So that guy got tickets, but he doesn't want the tickets. Too damn bad. <laughs> Fun fact about uh, Tony Soprano eating peyote. Mm-hmm. Sopranos comes out. They do that. They have that episode. The next episode, it was either right before or right after, was Entourage, where drama played by Kevin Dillon, uh, his show Five Towns does well, and he is also at the Grand Canyon. That was the same night? Screaming Victory, same exact night. And that was six. I gotta tell you, some of your cinephile stuff, even though this is television, oftentimes strikes me a little asinine. I don't think you're doing it to peacock like you're better than people. I think you already do that on your own. But that is a damn good fun fact. Isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Crazy. Because when I saw, because I rewatched Entourage here over the last month, I have no idea why. My God, would that show not work in 2023? I was still fine with it, but they'd just be dead. Uh, but either way, uh, I remember seeing the Johnny Drama Victory thing, and I go, God, that looks a lot like where Tony Soprano was on the peyote. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Great yeah. fun fact. And it was the same night. It was the same night. Wonderful. All right. Half and half. Angry Beaver. $5 piddles. What? what? All right, now we're kind of getting, I'm going to take a, a college football's coming up. I'm going to make, this one's a little more narrow focused. Fight Tiger. Fight Tiger. If Eli Drinkwitz lands, Williams, Wannery. Wow, the confidence. He's the third best player. The consensus third we overall. Summit North. Yeah, uh, he's a defensive end. Some call him a generational talent. And Ryan Wingo. St. Louis University High School, five-star. Yeah, the University High School. Sorry, the University High School, yeah, five-star fi- yeah, wide receiver. high school west of the Mississippi, right? Right, five-star wide receiver, but fails to exceed six wins in 2023. So signs the two stars, but fails to get six wins. <sighs> Is he still coaching balls, the Missouri she Tigers? would be my uncle. Well, it's such a disappointment because I just gave you a gold star and then you do this thing. This is a good question. I, this is objectively this a good is, question. This, it's objectively a good question. Yeah. Here, I'll show you. There goes the bottle. Is that all the veal that's you got? Like to, that's what it's like to work with me. That kind of temper, any moment, any moment he can go off. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Keith Olbermann. He would go through producers like every week. Isn't that the deal? <laughs> I like when Francesa one time, his producers were like running, like moving too fast <laughs> in the background. And he got really upset. He's like, quiet down back there. <laughs> I mean, okay. So we're doing, we're doing three hypotheticals here. Yes. <sighs> That swallow was really. I know. I just, I just. All right, I got another question. Listen, you know, if you want to, I mean, I feel obligated to give an answer. Uh, 
the, the tough. The th- I mean, I, I can't. I, because when you talk about six wins, it's like, did they get run off the field by, you know, I mean, Georgia certainly would be one of them. Tennessee would be one of them. I don't know who the LSU would be one of them. You know, that's there's that that's that's one of the 18 starters returning and they really, really should have won the Auburn game. Like I put a period on that. The Kentucky thing was bizarro world. They've changed that rule at the punt and they were right there with Georgia. And then you're going, well, crap, Missouri was nine and three last year, you know, in the regular season before that goofball bowl situations. And I'm talking about all bowls, not Missouri's. I don't even know who they played last year. They play Army. Uh, that was two years ago. Hell, I don't know. Last year they played. I don't. I try. Yeah, I try. I'm saying these damn bowls. It's like going to the playoffs maybe? in baseball now. Anyway, are you are you are you competitive with the great teams? Or are you getting run off the field and you getting healthy on the butt asses in September? That's that's why I can't answer the question. What, what are you doing right now? Trying to find out who they play. Wake Forest. Yeah, magical night. Where were you when Missouri lost to Wake Forest? Text in. Win tickets to the A's game. Uh, what else do we have here? What other asinine question? What a shame. I, you know what? I gave the gold star too early. Never again. It's Never rescinded. again. This is I, I don't feel like I can rescind it. You're already wearing it. Yeah, it's true. Well, Tim, when your baseball team is non-competitive in early August, football is still weeks away. The hockey team is still months away from getting underway. You get Mount Rushmore season. Sorry, not sorry. With the influx wow. of sports documentaries ever one since. One of the worst gold stars ever administered. <laughs> with the influx of sports documentaries ever since The Last Dance. Give me your Mount Rushmore of sports documentaries. You can't do this at 10.58. Well, yeah. I, I will say this. I'm going to go Peyton Manning and, with the help of a step stool, look over the line of scribbage and call an audible. I watched the Johnny Manziel thing on Netflix last night, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself... With about 15 minutes left, first off, because we'll run out of time, major recommendation. It's on Netflix. I think it's called Untold. Holy crap, it's good. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, these legacy pieces that all these politicians are doing now or, you know, yeah, so-and-so saved this, written by so-and-so. Uh, you know, it's a rough one. And I mean, his, his dad's critical of him, and it's, it's, it's good. And I thought to myself, as that thing was getting wrapped up, I'm thinking, number one, I want to tell my audiences on TMA and Balloon Party and wherever else I'm doing stuff uh, to watch it because it's that good. And secondarily, rarely as far as entertainment goes, do I enjoy something as much as I enjoy a well-done documentary, but specifically sports documentary. And my, the Manziel one, I would put up there. It yeah. is that well done because yeah. it's not like, yeah. it's not it's not cleansed. Right. It's not cleansed. And I learned a lot, too. I learned a lot about a story. I mean, that guy was on the field at Faroe Field. Could have kept Missouri away from, you know, Trey Mason running for 400 yards in the SEC championship. But Missouri beat him. You know, it was an 8-3 and three Texas A&M team when they came to Columbia. So, uh, the, and, I, and the Rams were still here. And I remember Doug Vaughn and I were going, God, draft Johnny Manziel, draft Johnny Manziel. And now you know what was going on. And you're going, oh, my God. But I didn't know the stuff that was going on. It's so well done. Do you have one that stands out to you? It's already 11 o'clock. I yeah. just, uh, I'll just quickly, the, the entire Untold series is really outstanding. Oh, is that right? Really? They did the Malice of the Palace one, which oh, was yeah, fantastic. That. that was really well done. Yeah, so uh, any any of those, you're going to oh, get me in. And yeah. I love 30 for 30s. Yeah, oh, yeah. The original, like the first 
20, 30 for 30s. I love Sports Century. I, that was before your time. It was the end of the 20th century. They were doing the top 100 athletes. As random as it is, the one on Secretariat, I have zero interest in horse racing, is incredible. Holy crap. Anyway, we got to go. BK and Ferrari up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Hacker, and all Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.